Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrive market.com slash truth talks. Hi sis. Welcome to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose behind this podcast and online ministry is to help beautiful women like yourself know, love, and live God's truth. Not only will this be a space of truthful, faith-filled talks, it will also be a place where we let God's word speak for itself because God's truth speaks. My name is Tara, and I'm your host, but you can call me your sister. Join me each week as we talk about the truth of God's Word and how it can ignite us with purpose. We'll talk about God's Word, how we're called to live, challenging topics, and grow in faith together. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to encourage and equip our hearts. Let's be women who love His truth, live His truth, and spread His truth. is up sweet friend i cannot tell you how much joy i have in my heart today even more than normal because today is my 22nd birthday as i'm recording it it is actually my birthday january 30th but by the time you listen to this episode when it comes out it'll be about a few days after the fact but to celebrate too. Thank you for being here just to share a little bit more of a lighthearted episode. I thought it would be really fun to do a podcast episode entitled 21 Things God Has Taught Me in 21 Years, 21 years that I have been living and celebrating this new year of life. It's going to be an honest mix of really silly things and some serious things, things to do with life and faith and just random, random things. I just sat down a few days ago and was like, what has God been teaching me? And let's be honest no matter how many years you've been living, God can teach us so much, does teach us so much in any day, year, week, month, whatever that may be. But that just goes to say that this list isn't nearly touching, even reaching the capacity of what God has been doing. But I thought it would be fun to share 21 things as a way to celebrate today. I want to say thank you so, so much. Words can't even express. I don't think there's possibly any amount of words or a word strong enough to describe how much I love you and how thankful I am for this podcast and the fact that you're here, that you're faithful, or if you're new, that you decided to come here, that the Lord brought you here. 
I've been reading through reviews and just talking to you guys on Instagram, through DMs, and feeling so humbled that God would bring you to this podcast and that he would use something like this, just a conversation between us talking about the Lord and his word to encourage your heart, to equip your faith, to give you biblical resources. It's just a joy. That personally, it sounds cheesy, but is the best gift in the world. So thank you. Thank you. Okay, I just took a sip of water and let's get into the 21 things that God has taught me in 21 years. Are you ready? Let's go. (laughs) Okay, so number one, for some reason, this is the first one I thought of when I was writing down the things that God has taught me. I think it's pretty applicable in the season of life for me, though, is boundaries aren't suffocating or oppressive. We actually all need them and they're extremely life-giving if we do them well. So here's the thing about boundaries. We hear them a lot, right? We hear them online, we hear them from our parents or from our spouse or anyone saying, you need to make boundaries. But what does that mean? And are people just trying to box me in? Why can't I do everything I want? Here is the beauty of that I found that God has taught me about boundaries. So God has been teaching me a lot over the last two years, especially of what boundaries really mean and that it really comes down to from a biblical Christian perspective, the fact of self-control, meaning how are we spending our time? Are we overexerting ourselves? Are we doing everything for his glory? Are we spending our energy and putting it towards things that God wants us to? Or are we trying to do everything for our gain and then wear ourselves out? Because to be super honest, about maybe eight months ago, I'm trying to remember, it was before Michael and I got engaged. I like literally sat in Michael's like living room and I was just crying. I'm like, Michael, I am so overwhelmed. It had been built up and built up and built up, but it finally, you know, came to a head and I was just so emotional. I was bawling. And Michael's like, Tara, you need to put in some boundaries and you need to stick to them. And the reason why he was saying it wasn't to say, Tara, you can't do all the things you want to do. You can't serve God. It was, Tara, you're doing too much to the fact where you're wiping yourself out And then you're not having the sufficient energy to do what God wants you to do. And you're not excited to do what God wants you to do. So there's a lot of things that go in hand in hand with boundaries. But that is one of the first things that God has taught me and how being self-controlled with our time and our actions is not suffocating or oppressive, but it's actually life-giving. Because raise your hand if you've ever heard someone tell you that you have to hustle, you have to do everything. I mean, social media tells us that. People around us tell us that. We're pressured, whether we realize it or not, by people around us to do all the things. But boundaries is like putting a line in the sand and saying, I'm putting this line here because of this. I am putting a boundary up here because I want to glorify God better, because I want to love my husband more, because I want to spend more time with my kids, because I want to be more diligent in what God has for me. The next thing, which I'm pretty sure we can all agree on, that God has taught me is naps are necessary. See, I told you that some of these were going to be really lighthearted and maybe a joke, but I'm like serious about this one. I always tell people, isn't it funny how you're about like two or three and you're beginning to realize what naps are. You know, you don't realize it when you're a little baby, but you get older and you realize what naps are, but you don't want to nap. You fight it, you cry, you you wail in your crib and you don't want to go to sleep and you You put your parents through heck, but then when you get older and you start living life and doing a job and school and all the things, you want a nap. So we fighted it when we were little. We fought it, sorry, when we were little, but then when we get older, we're like, I need the nap. So naps are necessary. I love taking a 10-minute power nap every single day if I can. Some days you just can't within your means, but that's kind of what I like to do. That way I'm not too groggy and I like don't like take hours and hours on end of naps. So 
there's a little tidbit for you. God has taught me that naps are necessary. <laughs> also, over the course of my 21 years of life, and I, I really feel like it was only the last couple years of my life, really, maybe when I got out of high school, is that Sabbath is necessary. Sabbath goes beyond just Sunday. It's a worshipful rhythm of life. It's a rhythm of life. It's a it's a lifestyle of life that God has given us. And I grew up thinking that Sabbath was confined to a Sunday afternoon. I mean, Sabbath was, was Sunday. You go to church, you go home, you take a nap, you rest with your family. You do all those things and then you start back Monday through Saturday and you're hustling and you're grinding. But then I remembered and I've just been digging into God's word and realizing that Sabbath isn't just confined to one day. It needs to be a lifestyle and a rhythm that we put into practice in our life. When, when I say rhythm, I say a discipline or an area of your life that just flows on repeat because it's gotten used to it. I've been learning a lot from books and from podcast episodes that Sabbath is actually beautiful. It's a regeneration or a reconnection to Christ. My pastor did a sermon on this actually a while ago, and he said that Sabbath is reconnecting with Christ, realizing that we are dependent on Christ and we need him. And the really cool thing is that God designed Sabbath to be this way since the beginning of time. He meant it to be a thing that we reconnected with him after working, after working hard and diligently. There's nothing against that. God wants us to have that attitude in life, but not putting Sabbath in the back corner on the back burner because we think we can do it on our own. That's exactly the opposite of what Sabbath is about. It's about reconnecting with a God that we know we need to be filled by. We need to be connected to. Otherwise, every other area of our life will suffer. So that's what God has been teaching me about Sabbath in a nutshell. But there's so much to learn about this. Maybe we'll have to do a podcast episode on Sabbath. Okay, now this may seem silly, but the next thing God has taught me is that vegetables are delicious. I have learned this, whether that be through my parents, through restaurants, to other places, that vegetables are so good. Now, don't get me wrong. I have never been an unhealthy kid. My parents have like really fed us well. We haven't done crazy diets, but we've just ate everything in moderation and ate really balanced. But I was never that kid that hated vegetables, but I didn't love them either, you know? And as I got older, I realized I needed to try more things. And then, hey, look at that. My taste buds changed. They matured. I keep telling my fiance that, but we'll see if that if we can get through to him, y'all. Um, but I just learned that vegetables are delicious and that we need to keep trying things as we get older just in case our taste buds change because I used to hate broccoli and Brussels sprouts and cauliflower and cabbage and all the things. And now it's like my favorite. So I don't know. Thank you, God, for teaching me that. <laughs> and although I haven't been in a relationship and been learning this next one as much, I still feel like God has been teaching me this over the course of my life. And that is that relationships need constant work on good communication. People say that all the time. I grew up hearing it from my parents, from other people, reading books and saying you need to have good communication with your future boyfriend, future spouse, and even just friendships, just communicating well with your friends, your girlfriends. And honestly, I didn't really take much account into it until I've gotten older and realizing that Heck yeah. Relationships take a lot of communication skills. And I would say that the people that are in successful relationships that are rooted on the Lord, especially successful friendships, dating relationships, marriages, they will tell you the same thing, that communication is one of the cores. Obviously, the Lord is the core, but communicating and building that meaning 
being really open and honest about your feelings, your emotions, where you're at with the Lord, mentally, spiritually, physically. And also another aspect that I've really learned, and especially through marriage counseling lately, is that we need to be communicators that communicate immediately and resolve things immediately. When we let them simmer, y'all, sometimes I admit that I want to let things simmer and I don't want to resolve things because it's a pride issue in my life. But when we do that, we let A, the devil have a stronghold, meaning we let him have control over the area of our lives. And when we give time, when we give the devil that time, he brews bitterness in our hearts. He brews envy. He lets us sit and simmer in our thoughts and our sins. When we actually have to pursue one another in constant communication, and it's not easy, it's practiced. And sometimes... I'm just going to be super straight with you too. Michael is the one that usually just pursues me and says, Tara, we need to talk about this right away. And if, even if you have one person in your friendship or relationship like that, just honoring and realizing how important it is to go after one another, to not let things fester and let the time pass by. Y'all, listen to people when they say communication is important in a relationship because God has taught me that for sure. Another little fun tidbit for you as well that I've been learning is that voice texting is way better than regular typing texting. Bet. Like, I will go to the grave with that one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like, seriously, even like DMs or voice texting, I mean, just texting in general, typing. I love writing. I love writing with my fingers and my pen and my keyboard. But voice texting, one, it's just so much faster and easier Two, I feel like you can hear that person's voice and communicate and it's just fun. It's a back and forth conversation. It's just too fun. I will always, always believe that. And if we get a talk on DM, send me a voice memo. I would love to talk to you, hear your voice. That's just, just my two cents and kind of a random thing I've been learning. <laughs> To get a little bit more theological and a little more spiritual since that last one, God has really been teaching me when he says go, I've made a way, this is my confirmation, y'all, we best be going in faith. I just turned really Southern there, but we really, when he says go clearly through his word, through his audible voice, through prayers answered, through things like that, we better kick up our skirts and go and follow him. And this isn't to be a way to force us to make decisions, but this is an actual honest call when God says move and he will confirm that to his children. I just want to give that disclaimer. There's been times where I wasn't sure how to make a decision or make a move in action, but God always, he will never leave his children in the dark. Sometimes there'll be periods where we don't know, but that's when God says, I want you to lean into me more. I want you to depend on me. Do you trust me? Do you love me enough to get in my word, to hear more from what I have to say, to pray, to seek other counsel? And then God will give you that answer we just have to be listening right and so I've been learning a lot that when God confirms it you better be moving and not because of fear of being stagnant and still but because you trust God because you trust where he's leading and you trust that if you make a mistake along the way God will redirect you the eighth lesson that I have for you is honestly one of my favorites and that is a sweet and genuine and intimate relationship with your parents is one of the biggest blessings in the world and one that is so worth pursuing even if you're an adult even if you don't live with your parents anymore I will be moving out in like less than a month and living with Michael and I've been on my own a few times before but I've been so blessed to have a relationship with my parents at even as an adult 
since I was a young child and now as an adult, that is so open where we can talk about anything. I can ask them to pray for me. I can ask them for help and guidance and they can be honest. I can be honest. And it is so amazing to know that the door is open to have that communication. I was telling Michael the other day that that's how I want to raise our children with the hope and the expectation that they can always come to us, whether they're struggling, whether they're rejoicing, whether they need prayers, whether they are having a hard time figuring out what to do with their career and we can tell them whatever God wants you to do. It's amazing to be able to have that relationship with your parents. I think a lot of people don't have it, but I would encourage you to go after it even if you're an adult. That has been one of the biggest blessings and will always be the biggest blessings of my life. I feel like you guys have heard me say this since mm, forever, Um, but the next thing that God has taught me is that there is no substitute for the real word of God. There is nothing more worthy. There is no devotional book. There is no Bible study that will ever be able to compare to the word of God, to the Bible. I mean, literally nothing. I mean, even in a different category, fashion, um, accolades, a master's degree, nothing will be able to trump the word of God. I will preach this until the day that I die, that God's word is inerrant and it is undeniable. It is infallible. Nothing will ever be able to knock it down. And so just remember that nothing will be able to trump the word of God. Nothing is more reliable to go to for wisdom, for encouragement, for guidance, and to really rely on and pursue a knowledge of the Bible. Sweet friends, I'm not saying that Bible studies and devotionals aren't beautiful resources they are truly but we need to be people who know the word and who study it and understand it and can take it to the ends of the earth because let's let's face it it's a big deal to have the word of god to teach people about it because if we don't know what it says and we tell someone else that it means something else that it really doesn't that's a big responsibility and i don't mean this to sound scary just encourage you that god wants to unlock so many truths so many directions for your life and it's found in the word so remember nothing will be able to ever replace the real word of god this episode is brought to you by better help 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. 
number 10. We're halfway through it. I appreciate you sticking around and hearing my random life lessons. Number 10 is coffee is 10 times better with frothed milk or creamer. Y'all, when you have been, if you have been listening to the episodes, interviewed episodes on the show, you will already know that I like to ask my interviewees, my guests on the podcast to share a favorite thing they're loving. And I'm pretty sure almost everyone has said a frother or some kind of coffee element. And here's the deal. Frothed milk makes the world go around. No, it just, it honestly just brings so much joy, extra warmth, and it makes you feel like you're at a coffee shop, but you're at home and you're saving money, but you're still making a fancy cup of coffee. So I would encourage you to go on Amazon, get a milk frother for like 30 bucks. It'll change your life. It will truly change your life. That's all I have to say about that. And to kind of go off my other one where we talked about the Bible, I wanted to say that God has taught me that every single person, every single person has the capacity to study and interpret and read the Bible. There are no excuses in Christ that we cannot read the Bible and understand it. It's not just for Bible majors or scholars. Like, I don't want to hear no one saying, well, Tara, I'm not going to Bible school like you. I am not going to be a pastor. I'm not in seminary. So I, I I don't have the same capacity to understand the Bible as you. So sister, I want to encourage you and remind you what God has been teaching me is that there is no one who is too far, too far out of the realm of God to teach them to understand the word, to study it, to live it, to interpret it, to apply it. God wants this for all of his children. Why would he give us the book if he didn't want us to understand it? It just takes a little bit of studying and dedication and time. And honestly, it is the best use of our time and the best pursuit to dedicate our lives to. And it can be this lifelong process where we really unpack the word and we read books and we dig into it. We take notes, we learn, but I just want to remind you that everyone has the capacity to study the Bible and it is open and it is inviting to us. So I just want to say, speaking to you right now, if you are believing the lie that you do not have the capacity, the knowledge or the understanding, remember who lives inside of you as a Christian. Remember that you have the Holy Spirit inside of you and you have God. He wants you to unpack all of the goodness in it. Number 12 is that social media is amazing. Seriously, I love it. That's why I'm here on the podcast. That's why you most likely follow me on some other channels. It's one of my favorite things ever. And it holds so much capacity for good and God's glory. But that doesn't mean we have to, quote unquote, show up every day. So we hear a lot of things. I've heard a lot of things over the last couple years of my life where they're saying, okay, you have to show up every single day. You have to be consistent to grow, to make relationship with people. And there's so much pressure, whether people realize it or not, for us to be constantly online, constantly plugging in, constantly posting constantly coming up with something cool about our lives, about our days that is appealing to other people. And it is heckin' exhausting. And I'm not just talking to people who have online blogs or podcasts or social media, just people who are consumers, just just people that enjoy social media. It is exhausting and it's a lot of work. And so what God has been teaching me is that consistency doesn't mean 24-7. In fact, it shouldn't be 24-7. I think we need to look at consistency a different way, meaning Consistency coming from a place of I have social media properly prioritized in my life, meaning it's not an idol, it's not a God in my life, but I can still show up and enjoy it every once in a while. Consistency, again, does not mean 24-7. It means wherever you can fit it in without it becoming an idol in your life. Man, 
it's it's been an uphill battle for me. It's been something that I daily have to remind myself, but to take that pressure off and realize that, hey, there's a real life going on too. So just kind of random, but there it is. Another lighthearted lesson that I've been learning throughout my 21 years of life is that water is amazing. And I'm not just saying to keep you hydrated, but literally for so many other things. I'm talking skin. I'm talking clear skin. I'm talking about detoxifying, getting all, flushing all the things out. I'm talking about weight and physical health. All of the amazing things. And another thing that I've learned in 21 years of life is that it's amazing to have a Hydro Flask or a Yeti. So that's kind of a random tip for you. But I will always be a water junkie. And a little insight on my life too. Michael, my fiance, has jokingly told me, but I'm pretty sure he's probably serious, is that I drink so much water that I'm probably going to die from it. I mean, he's totally joking. Don't worry. But like that just goes to show you how much water I drink. But there are a lot of benefits to drinking water too. And I think a good rule of thumb, if you're not sure if you're drinking enough ounces throughout the day, is to take your body weight. So the pounds that you weigh, divide that by two. And that number is the amount of ounces you should be at least drinking a day. That's what I've been learning. And again, random, but it's a little lifestyle, life, life hack for you. Next up on the 21 lessons God and just life has taught me in general is that budgeting is a practice that we should all learn at a very young age. And if you haven't learned it when you're young, if you don't even know what that is now, it's not too late to start. I think there's a lot of people, I grew up in um, high school and I just, I remember budgeting really well at a young age. My parents teaching me that. And there's other people around me that are like, what the heck is that? And they would just spend willy nilly. And maybe at the time it was okay. But then when we come to bigger purchases, when we come to college, when we come to buying a car, when we come to trying to buy a house, the money gets tight. And so I would encourage you something that I will preach till the day I die. And I really want to teach my kids someday too is budgeting at a really young age and on side note if you would love to hear more about this because this is just my little intro to what God has been teaching me make sure to go listen to the episode that I did with my friend Taylor it's called budgeting and tithing as a believer that one is full of such practical wisdom about how to honor the Lord with our money because I feel like as Christians we forget how important it is to be good stewards of everything in our lives but especially money because money can be a weird topic in the church so make sure to go there that was just the lesson that God has taught me as we wrap up to these last ones, I just want to thank you for being here and listening to the silly lessons and the sweet lessons. I know that there were probably sillier than you thought coming into this episode and maybe looking for all the deep things, but I pray it's been a good mix. The next lesson that God has been teaching me is that I will never understand God's timing, why he does things in his time and all of those things, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's better than mine every single time. That's a hard lesson to learn, and I think I will constantly be learning that as I continue to grow and have more years of my life, but I know this from the moment that I was born, from the moment that I could actually really cog just be really cognizant of God and my life and my plans and the timing of life, is that every single time we think we know better than God, we think that we have 
point A and point B lined up perfectly. And we have the year plan, we have the five-year plan, but we sit back and we we struggle to trust God. But then when we get to the end of that promise, when we see what God has done, we always look back as believers who truly know God and trust God, that his ways were always better. And let's face it, sometimes, friend, we don't see the reason why God waited. We may, may not see the fruit of why God made us wait, but maybe generations from now will. Maybe your children will. But we can trust who God is. And so I would just say that the more we know who God is as a person, the more we can trust him and we can trust him when the timing is just slow. So this may not come as a surprise to you, but the next thing God has taught me is that friendships are going to look different as the years go by, as we get older. And actually, that's okay. That's the point I want to make here is that it's actually really okay. I have never had the easiest time with making friendships, especially with girls. I was that girl that was really tomboyish in middle school when I especially struggled with friendships because it's just an awkward age, you know? I would just hang out with the guys and play sports because it was just easier. Girls were dramatic at that point. I mean, it's a really weird time in middle school, but for the most part, that's how it was. But I also struggled when I was older to find friendships that were genuine and real and mature and loved the Lord and weren't just surface level because I've always felt a little bit older than I am and so I just want to remind you and encourage you and just share what God has been teaching me about it is that friendships are going to evolve over the years and I mean they may you may have friends that are the same from the moment you're born till the day you die or you may have friends that you're you're close with for seasons and then it tapers off you're still in each other's lives but that's what that friendship looks like the dynamic has changed but that is okay as long as you are still loving people as long as you're still pursuing them with your time as much as you can within your day, within your schedule, that is enough. And just as we go about, we get married, we go into relationships, we have school, we move far away. Friendships are going to have a different dynamic. But I really truly think that they get deeper as you get older, even with distance and time. So here's another silly one, but I actually, it sounds silly, but it's serious. God has been teaching me, I'm over-spiritualizing this, this is just a life lesson. I have been learning a lot that when people say that jeans are uncomfortable, that they're the worst and that they don't like them, that they have never tried Madewell jeans or Abercrombie jeans before. I want to drop that little nugget on you. Madewell and Abercrombie are my top two favorite jean brands of all times, and I'm pretty sure that I'll never change. Madewell is very expensive, but if you know me, or here's a little insight on me, when I shop, I like to get more expensive things that will last me longer. Sure, I could get some cheaper $20 pair of jeans at Old Navy, but they're not going to last me as long as these ones if you have the quality. So I just want to say, this is what I've been learning, and maybe you can learn it too from my experience, is that when people say that jeans are uncomfortable, they have not tried Madewell or Abercrombie. So that's a little nugget for you. Maybe go try it. Let me know what you think. And maybe you agree with me too. Jeans can be comfortable if you get the right ones. <laughs> I've been trying to like disperse the serious and the silly life lessons together. So this is kind of a weird transition from jeans. But the next lesson I've been learning is that the only voice we need to or should follow is, drumroll, God's, right? Throw out the world's opinions. That's what I've been learning, to throw out the world's opinions or the lie that we have to do what everyone else is doing and posting. Let's knock that out of the park in the best ways and get that out of here. My parents raised my brother and I with 
a solid understanding of God's timing, of following God above all else and letting him direct our paths, like Proverbs 3 tells us. But when I got older in middle school to probably about college years, I would say that I've finally been learning it more and trusting this truth more in my life. But between those 10 years of life, I really struggled with feeling the pressure or even just believing the lie that I have to do what everyone else is doing, that I have to post what everyone else is posting, that I have to be doing a college degree, a four-year university traditional right off the bat, that I have to move out and that living with your parents right after high school was lame. I believed those lies, which that's someone's story, but that does not necessarily have to be yours. So that's why I'm saying the only voice we need to or should follow is God's. And I had a lot of shame around having an unconventional story with my life of, you know, going to school to be a nurse or a doctor and then dropping out to pursue ministry and coming back home. I had a lot of shame about that because I was believing the lie that I had to do what everyone else was doing and that I had to be approved by them. But sweet, sweet, sister if you are following God and you are listening to him that is enough he will tell you what he wants to do and he is the one that has the best plans for you so I want you to revel in that truth it is a daily practice and reminder but listen to God he has the best plans for you Another lesson I've been learning too is that we are first and foremost citizens of heaven we learn to live as the citizen of United States or a citizen of whatever country we live in by first looking at what God says about our eternal citizenship. I'm going to say that again. Stick with me. We learn how to live as a citizen of the United States of this world first by looking at what God says about our eternal citizenship. So it's not the other way around. We don't learn about this earth and how to build up riches and wealth here so that we can be a citizen of heaven. No, we learn about what God says about us as a citizen of heaven, as a child of God, because that is the eternal identity that matters the most. And especially with all this stuff going on with government and politics and just so much instability, we are first and foremost, sorry about that, first and foremost, citizens of heaven. And that is such a concept that I've been grasping over my entire life over these 21 years because as you know or may not know I was adopted from Korea when I was six months old and so I was a citizen of Korea for a while and then when I was adopted my parents we transferred my citizenship to America and so I think of that a lot where God transferred my citizenship, God transferred your citizenship from death to life when you were invited, when you were accepted into his kingdom. And so remembering that our eternal identity in Christ, child of God, saved and secured, comes first. And that will help you if you know that identity to your core. That will help you live out this life. That is such a word I've been learning. I say this one all the time, but the second to last lesson or truth that I've been learning is this. When we truly know God for who he is, it compels us to truly love him, right? When you know who someone is, meaning their characteristics, their traits, their who they are really at their core, what they do, it'll really pull you to love them. And when we truly love God, we can't help but pour out and live for him, right? Because when you love someone, think about your boyfriend, your friends, your parents, your family, 
when you love that person, doesn't it just compel you to do, to live for them, to serve them, to follow them? It's this beautiful cycle. And again, that's kind of what this podcast is about, is to help you know, love, and live God's word in your life. And so that has been one of the biggest things I've been learning. I know I sound like a broken record with this one, but I truly feel like it's just this beautiful, beautiful domino effect. And last but not least, um, for our 21 lessons, again, there's so many more, but the 21 lessons that I wanted to share with you, the last one is a hard one, but a good one. And that is pain isn't a punishment from God, but just a part of the imperfect world we're living in. Sweet sister, we've all asked God why there's pain, why there's murder, why there's rape, why there's sin, why there are all these horrible things, why we have physical pain, why we suffer, why we're lonely. But we, it's no surprise. We know if we read the Bible that Adam and Eve sinned and that our world has been sent into the spiral of sin. But the really good news is that Jesus came so that he could redeem us and save us from it. So I've been learning that we either have the choice to run away from God and become bitter because of the pain. I've had chronic illness for eight years and there were times when I was bitter from, like bitter at God because of the pain that he was putting me in. But then I realized God is not putting me in pain. And it's a part of this imperfect world and our broken bodies. And so we either have the choice to run away from God and be bitter, or we have the choice to run to God and be sanctified like he designed. He designed that pain would be a propeller to him, that it would propel us and push us to his heart, to his arms, to his word, to his truth. And so that is the last lesson that I'm going to share with you for this episode. Well, that was 21 lessons, 21 life lessons that God has taught me that I have learned over the years. I wish we could do a whole episode about everything, but 21 seemed like a fun number to celebrate this new birthday, 21 things I learned in 21 years of life, and now 22 years of life on this day or a few days after you're listening to this. So I want to thank you so much for being here, for celebrating with me, for enjoying the silly and the serious and the sweet. I love this conversation. I was just chilling out with me and the microphone, you and God. It was such a sweet time to be able to just share little tidbits of my life with you. Some of my sweetest gifts ever of all time. Truly, truly. Before we close out this episode, I would love to ask you if you had a few moments to give me the best birthday present you could ever give me and that would be to leave a rating and review for truth talks with tara the podcast sweet sister this not only would be the best gift for this podcast but it's also i say it all the time it's also the best way to support this show when you rate and review it gets more eyes it bumps up this show higher so that why so that people can see god so that people can join this community and just by your genuine rating and review it just encourages my heart and encourages other people to be here for the lord to know love and live for him so if you could do that that would be such an encouragement to my heart thank you so much my sweet friend i love you more than you could ever imagine thank you for tuning in to another episode and i cannot wait to talk to you next week